Welcome to podcast number 23 for Thanks for Your Service. Thanks for Your Service is a news and information resource and its focus is on historical topics relating to the Australian military. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Thanks for Your Service. Our website is www.thanksforyourservice.net and you can also email us at info at thanksforyourservice.net. 31st of August 2019, the statue or a sculpture of Lieutenant Colonel Kenneth McKay is being unveiled in Harden, Murrumburra in New South Wales. And joining us on the line from Harden, Murrumburra is Lorraine Brown, who's the secretary of the Harden, Murrumburra Historical Society. Lorraine, many thanks for joining us. Pleasure. Now, a life-size sculpture of Lieutenant Colonel Kenneth Mackay is being unveiled at the Lighthorse Memorial in Murrumburra on the 31st of August 2019, so in about a week's time. Who was Mackay? Mackay was, uh, he was around in the 1890 sort of era. Um, He was basically a farmer originally. His uh, family were farmers and still are. Um, He... um, was uh, responsible for, well, he was a politician. He was part of the Legislative Assembly of the day, um, quite an influential man. And he approached the, with the uh, South African War uh, looming at that, in that period, he approached the uh, New South Wales government of the time to form what he believed was um, a regiment of the best uh, horsemen in the colony. And he believed they came from the uh, country districts of New South Wales. And because he's electorate, he lived uh, just out of Cootamundra, and his electorate was called Burua or Burua in those days. And so he didn't offend either uh, town. He decided he would choose a, a town in the middle of those two, and that was where he would start to form uh, what, was, what became the first Australian horse. They were a volunteer unit, and the first enrolments took place here in Murrumburra in 1897 on the 30th of August, 1897. Now, where is Harden Murrumburra, for those people who don't know? Okay, Harden Murrumburra is located um, near Cootamundra, southwest slopes of New South Wales. Uh, New Cootamundra um, were about an hour and a half from Canberra, and about the same distance from Wagga going west. So Cootamundra, Young, Gundagai in that vicinity. Now, as I understand it, in terms of the the first Australian horse, he was appointed to commander in about 1898, and he was promoted to lieutenant colonel, but he he never actually went to the Boer War with the horse, did he? No, he didn't, actually. Um, He... uh, Because he was a politician, he couldn't um, go with the first Australian horse, but he resigned his position as a politician and went with the mounted rifles at a later stage. And he was actually wounded in action too in the ball. He was, yes, he was. And then, of course, he was put into a a different role um, and uh, he was still uh, part of the Boer War or the South African War, um, but he was put into other roles um, and still did things for the, um, the military. And even after his service in the Boer War, he went on, uh, of course, with World War I looming and still his interest in military matters. He was given command in 1912 of the 1st Light Horse Brigade. Um, That's right. He, 
but but he was he was too old to go to the First World War. He was, that's right. But he also was responsible for forming the Army Reserve, or what became the Army Reserve, um, which was quite significant as well. And he's also got a link to Canberra. He commanded the military parade at the uh, at the. Uh, in 1913 for the naming of the nation's capital as well and the setting of the foundation stone. That's correct, he did, yes. And, of course, as you said, he was too old for World War One. He went on to uh, be command... Sorry, the first Director General of the, of the then Australian Army Reserve, as we know it today. That's and right, And he retired, uh, I think, in 1920. He was appointed for an order of the British Empire and retired from the Australian military with the honorary rank of Major General. He did, that's correct, yes. Now, the sculpture is being unveiled uh, next week. Um, yes. What led to the concept of the sculpture? Well, the original... Um, in 1996, uh, a friend of mine, Sue Bradford and myself, were looking for something that was totally unique to our town, uh, historically. And we stumbled across the fact that the first Australian horse was actually... Uh, the first enrolments took place here in Murrumburra. And we decided that was just 12 months. We realised it was just 12 months before what would be the centenary of that um, event happening. And we decided to do uh, a centenary event. Now, we thought that event would be quite small. And <clears throat> as the 12 months uh, went on we realised it was actually... There were more people interested in what we were doing than we ever imagined. And we thought, you know, we'd probably get five or 600 people in a small town of 2,000 people. Um, you don't always get a lot of people to events. And <clears throat> we actually got about between two and a half and 3,000 people to that event. And we were just blown away with what happened on that weekend. And what we did is we reenacted... Um, what happened at the muster for the first 80 horsemen in 1897. In those days, of course, the newspapers were very well documented and so we went back on old newspapers to get information and so forth. So we held the event, <coughs> starting, of course, with no money at all, um, having a street store to raise that money and then when we'd finished the event of the weekend of events... Um, we had actually about $5,000 in profit from that event. <clears throat> we reproduced what was the original hat badge and sold it as a limited edition. And we also had two historians here who wrote a book called The Boys in Green. And we sold that. And <clears throat> the other money was raised from the uh, events we had throughout that weekend. And we wondered what we were going to do with $5,000 of public money. But... In the process of um, doing that event, I spoke to many, many light horsemen, old light horsemen, and there were still World War I horsemen alive at that stage. And uh, I got the feeling from them that they had been pushed aside and forgotten in more recent times. And so that was why we came to the decision of building a permanent memorial just to the light horse. And that's what we did. And Sue and I, over the next 10 to 12 years, held an event every year and got a different unit of light horse involved in that event. 
and so we raised the money to build a permanent memorial. And the thing that was missing, of course, was the statue of Mackay, the founder of that unit. And it's something I've wanted to do for a long time. Unfortunately, my friend Sue passed away from cancer, and <clears throat> it's something I've wanted to do for a long time. Um, unfortunately, again, raising that sort of money to do a sculpture of that size is quite difficult in small towns. And our government, due to a merger of the state government, um, the state government have thrown a fair bit of um, grant money at our uh, merged towns. So we, uh, I applied for a grant and uh, got the grant, and so we're now been uh, able to do that, uh, have that statue done. And it's actually a Victorian who's um, uh, made the statue, the bronze statue for us, called Louis Lauman. Now, the, the, the actual sculpture, it's a life-size sculpture and it's being unveiled at the Lighthorse Memorial. What's, it is. Can you describe the Lighthorse Memorial to, to our listeners? Yeah, sure. Um, it's actually an interpretive um, site and it tells a story from the front of the memorial site uh, of basically the 1897 uh, formation of the first Australian horse. Uh, there is a, a block of granite and on the front of that block of granite there is a first Australian horseman and his name is Bradford as well um, his grandson still lives here and it was his wife that I teamed up with to do the original event in 1997 um, there's also a replica of the original hat badge on that uh, block of granite um, there's a wall of, there's a stone wall uh, which has the names of the 80 men who were in the first enrolment here, and many of those men went to the Boer War. There's, in the middle of that uh, <clears throat> stone wall, is a horse trough fountain, and the water runs over that continually. There's some red pavers around the block of granite. Uh, that represents the blood that was spilt during the, the wars. Behind the wall, uh, there's some pavers which are in the profile of city buildings and on the other side there's a bush garden. In the centre are the, are the flat farmlands and that represents the three that came together in the um, light horse, the Australian light horse after Federation when they combined all the units, all the volunteer units and formed the Australian light horse. At the back of that are plantings of... Um, shrubs and uh, flowers and plants that came from the middle, that their origins are from the Middle East and the areas that they fought in. And then further behind that again uh, is a is continuation of a bush garden, but also a garden of remembrance with um, roses in it. And there's an Aleppo pine at the back end of the memorial site being the Lone Pine because... Uh, of course, a lot of the light horsemen were sent to Gallipoli, and so that whole site is an interpretive site that follows through the story of the light horse. And, and there's also a small wall, which we call the Troop Wall. It actually has the statue, a very small statue, of Bill the Bastard, the war horse that Roland Perry has iconised in more recent times uh, with his book, yes. carrying five troopers. 
and that were used as a symbol of both the heroism of the horses and the men. And that has all the, the different troop plaques on it that various troops have presented over the years that we've been doing the memorial. And, and at the unveiling on the 31st of August, uh, uh, does, are there any relatives of Mackay turning up? Oh, yes. Yeah, he, has re he has quite a few relatives who still own the property or still work the property that he owned. So, yes, um, I've been working with the relatives, um, <clears throat> Annie, Annie and David Jacobs and Michael Baldry, they're, they're relatives, and they're the ones I've been working with to do this statue. And, uh, yes, there's quite a, a big, uh, number, a large number of the family coming to the unveiling. And where can people go to find out more about Lieutenant Colonel Mackay and uh, the unveiling uh, next week? Uh, it should be on the Hilltops Council website. Uh, there's the, there's a, also a Facebook page for the Harden Murrumburra Historical Society. There'll be something on that. And the Mackay family also have a, a Facebook and uh, other sites that you can actually go into on Mackay himself. And we'll make sure we'll link all those uh, sites and Facebook pages to yep, our website and Facebook pages. Well, Lorraine, look, thank you so much for your time. Best of luck for the unveiling next week. And appreciate thank you very much. your time and having a chat to us today. A pleasure. Thank you, David. That's the podcast for today. You can find the relevant links to this podcast on our Facebook page and we're keen to hear your feedback. Leave a comment on our Facebook page and if you're listening to us via iTunes, please leave a review. If you're interested in sponsorship or support of this podcast, head to our website or email us and you can also support us via Patreon. The link is www.patreon.com. Thanks for your service. Thanks for listening.